Hey, what's up? It's Kat Jones, your host. I got nothing but an earful of legislation for you. Today is January 14th, and this is Queer All Year. Hey, it's Kat, and today is January 14th, 2020. I am here joined with my brother and producer, Mick G. I want my lawyer. Give me my phone call. I don't think you get a phone call. Not on air, anyway. So today, we are talking about uh, two stories that are kind of about legislation, and then I am probably going to just lose my mind a little bit about this bill in California that I kind of mentioned yesterday that I was hoping would pass. Definitely did not pass, and I think it would be poignant to talk about what it was about, and it's a little controversial, I think. So... I'm going to give my views as non-controversially as possible. And if you want to talk about it in the Facebook group, we can totally do that because it would be very interesting. Speaking of the Facebook group, that is Queer All Year Fam. Check it out on Facebook. Meet your fam. That's tied to our Facebook page, Queer All Year. I think it's Queer All Year Pod if you are typing it into your browser. But why are you typing it into your browser? It's just queer all year. There's nothing else out there called it except on Instagram, who is someone I'm not going to endorse because I don't know her, but she has our name, Queer All Year. So we are Queer All Year Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you think this little two-person independent podcast that's trying real hard deserves a tip or a little money thrown our way you can check out our patreon at patreon.com slash queer all year pod at the five dollar tier you'll get some fun interviews now we did have an interview today that we were originally going to put behind the patreon wall but we ended up thinking it was so important and so great that we want to share it with all of you guys for free so it is going to be on the normal feed. Other interviews will be behind the Patreon wall, and you're going to love those, but we really, really think this one was great and really important for you to hear. Also, the biggest thing you can do to help us out is to subscribe so you get the downloads every day. You don't have to go out and look for them. And if you share with people, then we get more downloads, so everybody wins. And then if you could give us a five-star review, that would be wonderful. That bumps us up on at least Apple's ratings. And that's what helps us get seen more. That's what helps us spread queer history more. Four-star reviews don't count. Three-star doesn't count. If you have the moral fortitude to give us a five-star review, even though you have some constructive criticism, feel free to put it in the review or on the Facebook group. If you don't feel like you can do that, that's totally fine. You are more moral than I am, that's for sure. I've given five-star reviews with weird criticism. So, rock on for you. All right, and that leads us into our first story, which is a little strange for me. Um, it is set in Ontario, and Canadians make fun of me for pronouncing anything wrong I'm going to do it it's going to happen I'm sorry especially if it's French I don't speak French or anywhere near French so in 2001 there were 
two same-sex marriages performed in a dual ceremony in Ontario, despite same-sex marriage being illegal at the time. Now, all the research I did on this was entirely about the reverend who performed the marriages, but I thought it was really important to have the names of the people who were married. So I had to do a lot of digging, and I have them for you. So the couples were Elaine and Anne Vatois. That's what McGee says is pronounced. I don't speak French. And then Joe Varnell and Kevin Barassa. So I have a little information about them. Elaine and Anne were technically kind of married a few months beforehand, but it wasn't legal. And so in this ceremony, it will be legal. And I will tell you how. It's very cool. But they are... They had said that they were really excited to renew their vows, which is technically what they thought they'd be doing. And it was going to be legal, which was really big. And so for Kevin and Joe, though, they mentioned um, being kind of not reluctant, but they said the ceremony was a mix of terror and love. It took place under heavy police guard, and Reverend Brent Hawks performed the service wearing a bulletproof vest. The day before their marriage, fearing their lives could be in danger for the vows they were about to exchange, the couple said farewell to their families and to each other. And that is something I can't imagine. You know, I mean, I grew up before marriage equality was legal, but that is, that is insanity to me. Like, wow, guys, we were not cool at all that's not cool and I know it's still kind of going on that's it's not cool so anyway uh the way they were able to make it legal even though it was illegal is that there was apparently a kind of not underground but like alternative way for people to get married in Ontario at the time and it was um you could either go through the, you know, the legal, you know, you have the ceremony, but you also have the license. Or there is a law that says regular church attendees can publish official bans, and that's bans with two N's, meaning proclamation, which is a word that would have made this story a lot easier to research because I could have avoided 8 million articles on marriage bans with one N. But so the bans are public proclamations intended to let the public know about upcoming marriages. So they're meant to allow people to make legal objections. In religious terms, they've historically been an opportunity for people to prevent bad marriages, as in, you know, that these two shouldn't be marrying each other. Um, They were also meant to prevent elopement, but any Jane Austen fan knows that bans apparently don't apply in Gretna Green. Now, the church that was performing the marriages, the Metropolitan Community Church of Toronto, wanted it to be as public as possible because that's the whole point of the bans and because they wanted to let people know if you have legal objections, you got to bring them up now. And I'm sure people had legal objections, but I think this is a legal way to get married. So they're probably wasn't any really legal thing they could do at the time. I'm sure they were scrambling real hard to figure out how to pass something, but they didn't. And so the church issued a press release announcing the engagements. And so 
That's about as public as a band can be. And the government refused to recognize the marriages afterward, which led to litigation all the way up to the Ontario Superior Court of Justice. In the case of Halpern v. Canada, marriage was no longer limited to one man and one woman. But that is a story for June 10th. Our next story is 1975, and it is the first federal gay rights bill, and that is H.R. 166, and we are back in America, by the way. So it's the first bill to address discrimination based on sexual orientation. The official title is A Bill to Prohibit Discrimination on the Basis of Affectional or Sexual Preference and for Other Purposes. I'm excited to know what those other purposes are, but... Unfortunately, this didn't pass, so we won't know. But so, it defined the term affectional or sexual preference as having an emotional or physical attachment to another consenting person or persons of either gender or having or manifesting a preference for such attachment. And boy, is that a bunch of words. And then there are a bunch more words that just say... You can't discriminate against people for any reason just because of their sexual preference. But like I said, it did not go anywhere. It was introduced today and they were just like, next. So they went on to the next and then it went bye-bye. And you know what else went bye-bye? Today in history, we get to write down that California SB 201 did not pass, which is the legislation that I was talking about yesterday, and I was really hoping it would. But so the problem is that children who are born intersex, which is they have genitalia that are non-binary, I guess. Um, It's worded in here as sex characteristics of a person born with variations in their physical sex characteristics. It is also called non-binary. There are several other ways that they decided to define it. In any case, you're born this way, as Lady Gaga says. And the thing is, for some reason, it's really, really scary, apparently. Her parents... Obviously, there's not a whole lot of education out there about that. And um, I think probably most people would still call these people hermaphrodites. And that is not an okay word, you guys. Just so you know, I'm educating you now. Stop using it. So the parents, of course, like just regular parents who aren't out there getting woke and educated, they're not going to know what to do. And so they're going to trust a doctor And the doctor is going to, like, stare around the room, apparently, at all the nurses. And they're all going to go real quiet and get real scared. And then the doctor is going to come up and say, okay, your child needs surgery within the next six months. What gender do you want it to be? And it's not even going to be what sex. It's going to be what gender. And that is because of a study done by, wait for it, this is his real name, Dr. Money. Dr. Money performed a study on two identical twins. They were both boys, but one of them had had his penis, like, destroyed in a botched circumcision. And 
don't circumcise your kids. I'm not even gonna, like, not be political on here. Don't do it. Just, okay, whatever. Anyway, so Dr. Money decided that he was going to turn this boy into a girl and show that gender identification is more nurture than nature. So even though this boy was born a boy and has all the characteristics and everything of a boy, he decided to make him have female genitalia and asked the parents to raise him as a girl. And he felt weird his whole life until his parents told him at age 14 about the surgery, and that really screwed him up. And he was able to make it onto some talk shows and talk about how, you know, awful it had been, but it was just so terrible for him that unfortunately he died of suicide around 2004, I think. It was just devastating for him. And, of course, Dr. Money only looked at his childhood and in his childhood, his parents had, you know, forced him to wear dresses and play with dolls and stuff. And if you force your kid to do stuff, then, it, you know, they do it. So he looked like he was a girl at the time he was being a girl. And Dr. Money goes, it works. Haha. And so now that's why we do surgeries on infants who don't fit into our binary knowledge. So the UN Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights says that across the world and in the U.S. to somewhat of a lesser extent, intersex infants are subjected to infanticide, which means killing babies, abandonment, neglect, and fetuses that are showing signs of having, quote, ambiguous genitalia are likely to be aborted. And that is across the world. Now, that obviously interferes with their actual human rights and in many countries it's because of superstition in the u.s it's because some doctors can't understand a non-binary world but we are still having these surgeries done against infants and the terrifying thing is that the united nations has declared that performing the surgery on an infant to assign one sex or another is a form of torture. And the United States has acknowledged and accepted that the United Nations said that. And I guess we were just like, yeah, yeah, you said that. Cool. Because we're still doing it. And we are kind of pressuring parents into consenting to these surgeries with no prior knowledge of what it even means to be intersex. It's just like, hey, guess what? Your baby isn't normal whatever normal is, and we're going to have to do a surgery. And your parents have to trust the doctor at that point because, you know, they are exhausted. They just had a baby. Everyone in the room went silent and scared when the baby came out. It's like, of course, they're going to be afraid and they're going to want to listen to someone in authority. So that happens to be a doctor. And so the bill that I was really hoping would pass would make it illegal to perform these kind of treatments, it's, uh, quote, any treatment or intervention on the physical sex characteristics of a person born with variations in their physical sex characteristics intended to assign sex or conform physical sex characteristics to typical binary notions of male or female bodies. 
So that's a lot of words for saying that you can't do these surgeries just because they don't fit into a non-binary word world. And the ban would have lasted for um, from the infant's birth until they turned six. And I can't remember why six. It wasn't that the kid then gets like total bodily autonomy and gets to decide whether they have a surgery or not at six. It was just six is about when the parents should know whether their kid wants a surgery or not. And um, it gives the kids some time to figure out who they are and if they want to remain as they are because they don't always need a surgery. If you don't need a surgery, then why would you have one? If your baby, your healthy baby, doesn't need a surgery except to assign it a binary sex, why would you do that? Like, it's a healthy baby. And in many in many of these cases, it's not even healthy. It's, there's, they, there's a disorder. Oh my gosh, I didn't write it down. It's called CAH. And it lowers your immune system to begin with. So you want this baby to have surgery that early when they're going to be sick throughout their life? It's just, it's ridiculous. It's, I think it's ridiculous anyway. I think it's ridiculous to put a sex on your baby to just sit there and have to say, do I want this baby to be a boy or a girl? And it's like, you don't even know what they are inside. You don't know what they are or who they are or, you know, how they're going to feel in the future. Don't, I'm just saying, don't do that to them. I don't understand why it's legal. It is a cosmetic procedure. There is no medical necessity. And I am coming from a medical insurance background. And I'm sure all of you just like threw your headphones across the room because it's a terrible thing. But I am saying... It is not medically necessary. It is cosmetic. If it's covered by insurance, then that makes me want to throw my headphones across the room. Like, it should not be covered. It is cosmetic. It is torture considered by the United Nations. And it is just, I, I just think it's unconscionable. Like, I have no life experience that allows me to comment on how it feels to be intersex. But just from my perspective separating myself from the queer identity and all that thing just from a medical perspective I'm thinking of it as it is a drastic action to perform surgery on your infant and it increases the chance of mental illness just so much when they get older and Intersex people are already so discriminated against, even in the LGBT community. You guys, we got to be better. We have to be better because even we are erasing this. And it just is so, it makes me so angry that we can't just pass a bill that says don't have stupid, unnecessary surgeries on your kids. But I guess we can't pass bills to say like, if you don't give your kids vaccines, then we're going to take them because you're allowed to not give your, kid, give your kids vaccines and then you kill my dad because he has lowered immune system and probably me because I also have a very bad immune system, but he has it worse because he had cancer. And so, like, if you don't get your kids vaccinated, then I'm also very angry at you. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about genital mutilation, which is what it is. 
it is torture. The bill was shut down. Only two people approved it, which is ridiculous because it was like written by bipartisan groups. It was it makes me very angry and I don't understand politics. In California, you are supposed to be better than this. Like I am holding you responsible. Prop eight. This thing, this what are you doing? Can I can do you need help? Can we help you somehow? Like if you need help, just reach out to us. I don't know if we can help, but we can yell together because this I find this insanity. I'm sorry. This has been a rant. Uh, this has been your rant. I'm done. I'm going to stop screaming at you. It's been quite a while. I promise I won't stop screaming about injustice like this, though. I will stop screaming in your ears, but I am going to continue to be as loud and proud as possible, especially for erased people like intersex people and transgender people, asexual people. Those are the three most erased groups and i want you guys to know that you are valid you're visible we see you we're gonna do better i'm gonna make us do better and you are important we are all important here writing history and i love all of you i meant to say we love all of you